Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Huradene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Excellent. So t- uh, today's guests are Dusty and Catherine. Um, so are Gary and Catherine Miller. <laughs> for those Dusty who will be good. Yeah, for, knows Gary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For those uh, for those who don't know, well, actually, I kept I mentioned your name to someone, and they're like, "Who?" And I said, uh, "Gary Miller," because I could barely remember your first name because yeah. all I remember was Dusty. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, PTSD um, and a lot of what. Well, we're going to. I'm just going to let you guys talk about when it started, um, because you went from the military, the British military, yes. right, to, into Calgary Police Service, yeah. and you had been diagnosed with a occupational stress injury, correct? Yeah. Okay, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to let you guys start us off, uh, wherever you like, in terms okay. of when, when it really first started to um, materialize, I guess, and, and start to have, because you know for a long time, people can drink without any issues yeah. and then all of a sudden they start drinking and there's issues every time yeah. right and yeah. so because it kind of comes on slow yeah. in, as far as i know <laughs> yeah the addiction I, does anyway yeah for the most part so anyway um yeah take it away okay um so for those that those that don't know me i've uh i actually joined the british military at 16 and a half in oh my june goodness. the 5th wow. 1979 yeah straight from school um and then I served uh, a full 22 years as a full-time soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, been stationed uh, UK, Germany, um, traveling the world. Um, and then when I left full-time, I joined our reserves. Mm-hmm. Did uh, another five years in there. Um, redeployed mm-hmm. into back out to Iraq again. Um, and then strangely enough, we came to Canada on vacation after that. Mm. 2006, having come back from uh, my second to Iraq, which was actually really hard. I think that's when things started mm. to affect me. Um, came out here on vacation, because uh, our girls are grown up and they didn't want to go to south of France. Mm-hmm. So when they decided not to go, <laughs> we decided not to go. <laughs> and we came out here to Canada. And we flew into Calgary. And we did the sort of normal things. We went up to Jasper. Yeah. Um, we drove down to Vancouver, which is not a couple of hours' drive. You know, <laughs> as we thought. <laughs> as we thought. <laughs> it's only about that far on the map. It doesn't look far at all. Um, it does look pretty close, actually. Yeah, it does, yeah. but it's not. It's a long drive. <laughs> to a road where we never saw anybody for a couple of hours. We were yeah. the, like, the only car on the highway. It oh, was, wow. It was really strange. Um, yeah, and then we... 
we did the Vancouver, Jasper, came back to Banff, and then we came back from Banff a little bit early, mm -hmm. back to the uh, bed and breakfast that we were staying in. Um, and they advised us to come into Calgary, um, which is when we bumped into a police recruiting team. Oh, okay. Um, never thought about joining the police. I was always fighting them or running yeah. away from them. So yeah. we, uh, yeah, went from there, joined January 2009. Yeah. What, what interested you about the police? I mean, because you had never thought about it. So No, um, it was actually emigrating to Canada. Mm -hmm. to, to, it got us out to Canada. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, a lot of my skills from the military can transition mm -hmm. to policing. Uh, a lot of it is peacekeeping. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you're, you're not a police officer, but you are because mm -hmm. you can enforce some things yeah. um, and stuff like that. Um, it's a little bit more clear cut as a soldier than it is as a police officer. But uh, just that every day is a different day. Mm -hmm. um, meeting new people yeah. and everything like that, you know, it was, uh, that's what attracted me. Uh, I've mm -hmm. been becoming bored in civilian life. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, going from the one extreme to very calm. <laughs> yes, and it's, yeah. it was hard. Um, and like I said, I did seven, six, seven, eight operational tours. Easily. So yeah. Easily that. When I first joined, if the, nobody had a medal. Mm -hmm. The only medals that were there was a Northern Ireland medal or a United Nations medal, which was Cyprus. Mm -hmm. And that was six months of walking around, not really doing a lot in uniform and mm -hmm. going down in, to the beaches and having lots of fun. In Cyprus. All the female, yeah, yeah, all the females there on vacation, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So they were really the only ones. And then as my career got on and on, uh, the world took a mm. crazy tilt. And conflicts were uh, fast and furious. And wow. We were so away. Eight operational tours. Yeah, we were away a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the six months being on operations. Mm -hmm. You're four or five months before that. You're building up. Mm -hmm and getting ready to do that. And then when you come back, you're getting back to your war fighting role mm. and career courses and promotional courses. So you're trying to get all those in. So it, it just made life, home life really difficult. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then I had a couple of bad tours. I, I did, do we do eight months in Ireland? Overall? Mm -hmm. Overall was eight months. Yeah. So I'll have a hundred and, 10 guys we had mm. in that eight months, we had 22 guys blown up. Oh, geez. Two killed, yeah. um, two seriously injured that they were mm. uh, discharged from the military. Yeah. Um, severe life changing yeah. injuries um, and stuff like that. Um, and things just went on from there. We came back mm. from there, we haven't been back from there long, deployed to the first Gulf War, uh, came back from that. Um, and then it was again getting ready to deploy elsewhere. Mm. I, I forget that Ireland was at war. Yeah, yeah it with, is. With people the, don't because they never heard about it. Or yeah. they just think it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's to do religious thing. But it's, it's not. We were shot at on a daily basis. Yeah. Getting, um, kids would throw rocks at us yeah. for fun. Yeah. That was a pastime too. They, regardless where they were Catholic or Protestant, they threw rocks at us just because yeah. they could. And it was, I was an army truck, let's throw rocks at it. And they did. Yeah. Or eggs. So... You know I guess I mean? that's better than Molotovs, eh? Yeah. You know, depending where you are, you could... Years. We would never drive by high-rise flats. Okay. Because they would drop um, washing machines. Uh, really? Breeze blocks. Anything big and heavy uh, as Jeez. we drove past. And so. and so those operations were the UK 
What was what was the goal of those operations? Because obviously, very many people don't know. No, it, I think for the it was. It, I remember my father going out there when it first kicked off in the mm. late '60s, early '70s, um, and it was to, from my understanding, and I'm not an expert on this, mm-hmm. was for we went out there to protect the Catholics from the Protestants because the okay. Protestants had all the jobs. They were sort of um, the better off people. Um, okay. lived in the better areas from my understanding and we were there to help the Catholics get back and then for whatever okay. reason the roles changed mm-hmm. then the Catholics hated us and the Protestants loved us whereas before the Protestants wow. hated us and the Catholics loved us so it, the, the roles changed it was really really wow. weird um, and what cha- do, you, do you know what changed those roles? Like, no to or? be honest no I don't yeah. it's, it was one of those things that was you know it was always on the news so mm. I was growing up I yeah. really didn't pay much. Uh, to be fair, I didn't pay much attention to yeah. it. No, fair enough. Uh, until I joined the military and then getting that opportunity to to go out there mm-hmm. um, was, yeah, this is what I want to do. I yeah. remember my father going out there and everything else. And I think that started the change in life for me, mm-hmm. is, is being on those. Um, what people don't understand is it's uh, it's really strange when you live in close proximity. And mm-hmm. I don't mean... You just sleep in the same room. Yeah. You, you end up going to the shower at the same time. Mm-hmm. You end up going for meals at the same time. You go to the gym at the same time. Everybody, you go everywhere together mm-hmm. as a as a four man team. Yeah. So when you're away from that four man team, it's it feels really strange. It's mm-hmm. it, it is it's an awful feeling. Yeah. You feel I felt very isolated, very alone, especially when my father died, and I went home um, to my mom, to, back to my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, she sent me to the shops to grab some more milk because we had a lot of family arriving for the funeral. And I couldn't. I couldn't. Mm. I had to walk maybe 200 metres yeah. through a kiddies park and I couldn't even get halfway where I had to come. I couldn't stop shaking because yeah. I felt so isolated mm. and alone. Wow. Having people there, mm-hmm. they're there 24-7 yeah. for that period of time. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think things, 2005, 2006, my last tour of Iraq, Mm. where things took a drastic turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had a major incident, didn't you, that didn't turn out well for one of your lads? No. Um, yeah, so um, I got sent back out to Iraq in 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. um, um, to Bajra City. Um, and we had a a really hard tour. Mm-hmm. Um this very rarely we were we were getting mortared because um, we stayed we were stationed in Saddam's palace in Basra okay in his actual presidential palace yeah um, and we were getting mortared every single night mm-hmm. uh, they knew what we were doing going out on patrol we were constantly being contacted mm-hmm. and everything else like that um, and I had <clears throat> A young soldier come out. I picked him up on the Sunday from the airport. He's just come out of recruit training, mm-hmm. done his pre-deployment training, um, and then come out. Um, and he was killed on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. In sadly, a road traffic accident. Mm-hmm. The vehicle rolled into a drainage ditch. Um, we'd had some rain that night. Yeah. Um, and one of the tactics that I sort of introduced was. Out there, it's really strange because the only people that drive around with all the headlights on are the security services, yeah. whether they're American, British, 
Danish, mm-hmm. um, I think it was uh, Estonian who were guarding the palace. They're the only people that drive around with the headlights on at night. Yeah. So we would check, I got to change that because it was, it was becoming, uh, to be totally honest, da- it was dangerous. That's how they were targeting you. Yeah, they, well, they, we know them because yeah. they've got all their lights on. Yeah. So we, I sort of changed that. The second vehicle would, or I would drive with no lights on. I know the second vehicle would have the lights on. We would put bits of card um, in front of the headlights so there was no headlights or just one headlight. Oh, okay. Take the bulbs out of the rear lights and things like that just yeah. to, to try and confuse the terrorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had done that and they were close and there's a tiny track and the, the vehicle got too close to the edge mm-hmm. and the side gave way and it flipped the vehicle on its oh, roof. Um, and he couldn't, get, he couldn't get dragged in quick enough. So, uh, I'm so it, sorry, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I've lost friends, mm-hmm. but he was like my first soldier that I'd ever lost because yeah. he was mine and he was only young. Um, and then coming back, um, because I was a reservist when I went out, mm-hmm. um, and when I, when I came back, I went back to civilian life, and there was nobody. So, there was, there they didn't was have nobody. anyone for you to talk to? No. Yeah. I didn't. Um, all the people that I knew before I deployed yeah. were all civilians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys I did martial arts with and everything else like that. So to them, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. They just lived a normal life, not knowing that what's going on out in the world. So when I yeah. came back, there was nobody had been through those experiences. Maybe. Mm-hmm. However, where I was a full-time soldier and we come back off operations, we are together. Yeah. And we, can, we would talk about stuff. Um, over a few beers and stuff like that, because there's always parties when you come back, welcome mm-hmm. back parties, summer parties, Christmas parties, depending on when you came back, mm-hmm. battle on our parties. So we would discuss stuff mm-hmm. uh, after a few beers and that, but there was nobody to do that with, because there's yeah. nobody had been there. None of them had ever been in the military mm-hmm. uh, and deployed on operations. So um, I think that was when things started. I know I struggled for that yeah. for a long time yeah. before. That's amazing. And just taking away like the, not just taking away, but taking away that fellowship that you have, yeah, that you had when you were full-time and then yeah. going into not having that fellowship, I could see how that would totally change the mm-hmm. dynamic of that pain, right? Yeah, like, it, it does. There was nobody that, if he's having a bad day, would know why mm-hmm. or understand why because they, they, they didn't know that. And when, I w- actually worked for the military as a, a driving instructor. And so there's quite a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of us were ex-military, whether it be Air Force, Navy, or Army. There's a lot of us. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but even then, a lot of them <coughs> had been out. A lot of them had never been on operations. Yeah. So, and then the civilian element mm-hmm. of being, having never been in that environment where, yeah, it was, it's hard. It's hard to explain. Um, Excuse me. It's a different lifestyle experience, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. And you have a different sense of humour. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yes. have to. And yeah. a, different, a completely different outlook mm-hmm. to anybody who's never done any military or never had any military connection. Yeah. It's definitely different. Yeah. Um, That's a whole other universe, right? For those of us who haven't been there, yeah. And I was, um, I couldn't talk to Kath. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, it still worries me to this day, even now she knows a lot more. 
mm-hmm. um, and everything else. But I was always afraid that she would see me as a different person, mm-hmm. not the person that she'd met, fell in love with and married. Yeah. I was now a totally different person, that somebody that she wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. So That would be scary too. Yeah. Um, not that we... Even, even, even as soldiers, we, didn't, we talked about stuff, but we didn't. If, if that makes sense, it's quite mm-hmm. hard because we would talk about incidences yeah. that were funny. Most people didn't find them funny, but mm-hmm. we did. But that's part of the part of the coping, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So, um, um, and I was always very worried with that. Um, and to be fair, coming out and joining Calvary Police was good. Um, it it sort of took that element away mm-hmm. because I know they were already lining me up to deploy to Afghanistan mm-hmm. in a in a highly dangerous job. Um, so they would always, they'd already asked me, "Hey, would you deploy?" Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd been accepted by CPS, so mm. and our immigration thing, so which is why it isn't. If I go, I, I have to go. Yeah. I get no choice in the matter. However, we're immigrating to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a job offer out there to join the uh, police, and they were really good. Yeah. Okay, you've done enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sorry to lose you, but we really, you know, we'd like you to deploy. But you have a fair point. So, um, and then, yeah. Recruit, recruit training was difficult, yeah. being 46, <laughs> and the oldest in the class. <laughs> Having been at the top of the tree, being right down at the bottom, yeah. uh, I had to bite my, son, my, bite my tongue some days. Do you, do, you know, do you remember how old you were in comparison to the rest of the class? I was oldest by a long way. Yeah, by a long I, way. Hey. Yeah, by a long way. I think the next was mid-30s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was, and the baby of the class was 23. Jeez. So, yeah, I was like the oldest in the class. And it was yeah. really strange being from the top of the tree, mm-hmm. being right down at the bottom again. Yeah. Um, and being taught things that I always didn't agree with through mm-hmm. experience. So I, I found that a little bit hard. Yeah. Um, and I love the job. I love being a police officer. I love being in uniform. Mm-hmm. I love going out there dealing with people. Well, um, you must love it because you went through all that at 46. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like uh, the no. months of yeah. training. I've never been clever. I've never admitted I've been clever. Um, but no. tough, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, it's strange talking to a chaplain, but mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious person. I, mm. I don't believe in God. I believe in science. Mm. But I do believe that um, we're put on this planet mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. Um, and, and my reason was to help people. Mm-hmm. To fight the battles that they couldn't. Yeah. To protect those who can't protect themselves, won't protect themselves, don't mm-hmm. know how to protect themselves. That's to me. That's why I was put on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the fourth, fourth generation in my family to have been to war. Mm-hmm. Uh, my both my great grandparents were killed in the First World War. Mm-hmm. Both grandparents fought in the Second World War. My father yeah. fought in Korea, and then me. Um, so it's sort of a bit of a history mm-hmm. and a tradition to join yeah. the military. Um, yeah, and then a series of accumulations of incidents um, within work that really started to affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was strange going to calls where uh, we saved people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it made me think of, okay, if they survived, why didn't these people survive mm-hmm. that were close friends of mine? How, why couldn't I save them? Mm-hmm. But I saved him. And he had way more injuries than some of the other guys mm-hmm. that 
that died of their injuries. So yeah. I, I really struggled with that. Um, and then that's, that stopped me sleeping. Mm-hmm. I struggled to sleep. And when I did, it was bad dreams after bad dreams. Yeah. Um, to the extent I didn't want to go to sleep. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want those bad dreams. Yeah. Um, I became very isolated. I didn't want to go to coffee. I wanted to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, Kath didn't work from home then. So on days off, I had the house to myself. And mm-hmm. um, I would try and catnap during the day. Because that yeah. sort of seemed the only time really that I could sleep. Um, and there's times I would go and lock myself in the walk-in closet mm-hmm. with no windows and just lay on the floor with the door mm-hmm. shut. Um, so I didn't have to answer the front door or nobody could see me or yeah. anything else. Like I sort of re- really isolated myself. And I think <clears throat> that's when I really uh, sort of started to believe that I didn't know what was wrong, that something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why. I couldn't control my emotions. I really couldn't. Yeah. I could be fine, perfectly fine. And then the next minute I wouldn't be able to stop crying. Mm-hmm. I would have to um, drive around on my own um, during the day and at night mm-hmm. because I, I couldn't control those emotions and I would have to go somewhere till I stopped shaking and I stopped crying. Because mm-hmm. I really couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't control it. Um, and it, it came to a head. Um, I will let Kath take it from there. We'd had months and months and months where it was hard in the family, in the house, um, because we didn't know how Dusty was going to react. We didn't know if we were going to come home to a sleeping Dusty. This is myself and my daughter, Mm. our daughter. Um, We didn't know if he was going to be sleeping. We didn't know if he was going to be angry. Um, One minute he'd be quite happy and you'd say something and he would be, it it would like a firework had gone off. Mm -hmm. He was verbally aggressive, Um, not rude or anything, just he couldn't control his anger. It it was Mm -hmm. a bit like night and day, um, both with myself and with our daughter. And it was, it was tricky. And one night he was getting ready to go on night shift. And I just looked up at him and I said, can you please bring my real husband home? Mm. And that was, that was when you started to think yourself and seek help, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. I think it was the, the real turning point. Yeah. Um, which had been around 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Around that time. Um, and she's right, I was angry. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know why I was angry. Yeah. Um, I didn't know... I don't... Yeah, I don't think anger is the right, is, is the right word. I, for me, I, I was frustrated. I was very frustrated. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why I couldn't control those emotions. Yeah. I didn't know why I felt the way I did. I really didn't understand that. And... Mm-hmm. I think that made it worse because when I would get upset for no reason at all, it just made me frustrated with myself, not with other people, but with myself, yeah. that I couldn't control that emotion. I was a big boy. I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a really privileged life um, of going to the places and doing the things that I've done. Um, and I just think, well, you're, why? you're like a child. You can't stop crying. Why? Yeah. There's no reason to cry. But mm-hmm. I just couldn't help it. And that became very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. 
and that would make me angry, but with myself, not everybody else. It was yeah. my, I was angry with myself. And then the more, the worse it got, the more angrier I became. Yeah. And stupid little things would bother me mm. that normally wouldn't. They would just, it wouldn't even register. Um, and that became worse because then I knew that made me, that just, that just conf uh, frustrated me more because I knew mm. that it's, it's nothing. She's left a coat out. It's no big deal. It's not mm. the end of the world. But it, that, that's not how it felt. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why it was like that, which just made it worse and worse and worse. Mm. So I went to our psych services um, to get some help. Um, and it was okay. Mm -hmm. I always wanted Kath to be there because, I, like I said before, I, I couldn't talk to her. Yeah. But I wanted her to understand. Mm -hmm. um, and they mm -hmm. were very, the policy then was very strict. Is no, this is your safe place um, for you. If you want marriage counselling, we can all we can do that. And I was thinking, I don't want marriage counselling. Yeah, you just want your partner with you. Yeah, I yeah. need I need to hear. I need. I wanted her to hear. This. It's just mine. Oh, okay. Work phone. That's all. <laughs> um, we both thought something was like blowing up. <laughs> so uh, it's it was okay. Um, I, I went back to work probably far too early than I should have done. Mm. But again, uh, I wanted to get back to work. I felt that. Um, you know, not taking my time was not mm -hmm. the right thing. I needed yeah. to get back, put my uniform on and get out and doing the job that I get paid for and mm -hmm. that I actually love doing. Um, and in hindsight, that was, was probably the, not a good decision. Because mm. um, it was okay for a couple of years. And then 2018, uh, literally Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and then the night before my birthday, which is three sets in a row, mm. I had three major calls where we were the first out. Mm. Um, all fatalities. Yeah. So I knew things were getting bad and I'd already been to psych services and they'd give me a, because um, they were just too busy. Mm. So they sort of referred me out, which I'm actually glad they did. Yeah. Um, because the psychologist I have now uh, is amazing. Mm. She encouraged Kath to be there. She made me feel comfortable. Mm because um, we would always chat, but some of the time it wasn't about anything. It was just a conversation as if you were having coffee with somebody or, yeah. or whatever. It was just having a conversation, mm -hmm. nothing related. And I think that built up my trust yeah, in her yeah. and everything else. So it took a long time to come back. This time. It, it, it took a long time. Um, and it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. But uh, she helped me understand what is... Um, relative mm -hmm. so she got me to understand that what is normal for everybody else is not normal for me mm -hmm. but how I feel or my behavior is actually normal mm -hmm. for me through my experiences and everything else like that it's it's um, I'm not gonna say it's not okay to be okay it's okay not to be okay and it is but it she she taught me that um, I'm trying to think of the right word how we see a bad situation mm -hmm. is is different for everybody. So what may affect you quite seriously mm -hmm. may not affect me at all, and vice yeah. versa. And, and she actually that it's these traumatic incidents are, are very relative to that individual person. Mm -hmm. And to understand that has made me realise that okay, just because it doesn't affect me doesn't mean to say it's not going to affect anybody else mm -hmm. the same way as it would me, and yeah. vice versa. And I I, I understand that more. I also understand now that I'm probably never going to be 
normal like everybody else. Mm. My normal is where I am now. So mm -hmm. that heightened vigilance all the time. I can't sit with my back to the door. Mm -hmm. a, if we go out or anywhere like that, I'm constantly looking around. I look for the CAD, even when I'm not at work, because mm -hmm. I want to run license plate, or I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing stuff that I shouldn't. Yes, I, I should be noticing it, but um, it's there all the time. Mm -hmm. But that's normal for me now. Mm -hmm. It's Now I, can, I understand that. It's, it's easier to deal with. Yeah. Um, she gave me great coping medics, me, um, methods for when things are not going well. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they work, but to be fair, sometimes they don't either. Yeah. Um, however, she, they've let me sort of deal better mm -hmm. with life and everything else like that. So um, I'm probably Kath will tell you if I'm a better person to live with now. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I understand, and I understand um, that, and so I'm not asking this question in, in any way, shape, or form to point fingers at any particular entity. Yeah. But I am asking this question because I know that there's a transition now, like with the police service and with other companies of that kind, organizations yeah. of that kind, to move more into being able to help those who are struggling with occupational stress injuries, but it wasn't always good. Right? No. And there, and the, the methods that have been used. Now this is some stuff that I just learned over the last couple of months, right? Last yeah. few months is that first of all, nobody calls anybody. No, nobody calls anybody who's off work yeah. um, to ju even just to ask how you're doing Yeah. or ask for a coffee, right? Like, yeah. And, and that kind of shocked me a little bit. Yeah. Um, that that was like a organization-wide kind of misunderstanding from what I gather now. Yes. Is that it was actually never policy. Yeah. Um, but people took it as policy and started to, like, when people were off work with stress injuries and stuff, like and injuries of any kind, nobody called them. No. No. And it, when I was off the first time, and uh, not so much the second time because I had... I had a re I was really good part of a really close team, mm -hmm. but the first time I was off, um, I felt very isolated because mm -hmm. I never got a call. Yeah, nothing. Um, or, and it just it made me feel worse that um, I was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. That okay, we don't want to talk to them because they're not behaving properly. Yeah, and they were right. I wasn't, but it's not something I could physically yeah. help being. As much as I tried, yeah. I just couldn't help those feelings. I couldn't help being the way it was. You were behaving how you had to behave. Yeah. Um, however, the second time, was it was a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, I had a good team that were, would, yeah. you know, hey, we're going for coffee. Mm -hmm. Let's go for a coffee. Or we'll go for a beer. Come for a beer. Yeah. And they refused to talk about work. Because I'd be, hey, how's things at work? Yeah, we're not talking about that. Mm -hmm. And we would talk about anything else. So having that um, from my peers reaching out was actually... Uh, a huge, um, a huge help because yeah. I didn't feel alone. Um, well, I imagine it would be much like when you came back from Iraq the last time and you didn't have anyone to talk to, mm -hmm. yeah. right? You're all alone. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of similar to that. When you came back with your unit, you had your unit to yes. be able to talk to and yeah. de decompress a lot of that stuff. Yes. Um, and probably decompress through a lot of humor, I'm sure. Right? Yeah, we did, to... and we did, we did. Yeah. Um, and, and they, you know, the Falklands War for the, for the UK military was it was a huge eye opener. The mm. stuff that we had done for years and years and years just didn't work anymore. Mm. Going, you would come back and then hand your equipment in and go on and go away on vacation for four weeks mm -hmm. um, without that decompression. 
just didn't work. Yeah. Guys would turn into alcohol, yeah. drugs, violence, because um, they were very angry. Um, whereas now they, we do de they do decompress. We'll have those couple of weeks back in work where you're not really doing anything, playing a lot of sport, but mm -hmm. you're having that time to talk about stuff. Yeah. And, and to be fair, get back to normality. Because mm -hmm. when you're away, you're in your own world. Yes, you have Sky News, so you can, you know, you have all that audio yeah. and, and visual sort of thing from the outside world. But really, you're very focused on a very narrow portion of life mm -hmm. um, of getting up, going out on patrol, coming home safely, eating, mm -hmm. getting ready for the next patrol, and on that never-ending cycle. Yeah. And everything else where... Really doesn't matter what the world's doing, what sport's playing, whether it's the World Cup, yeah. the Soccer World Cup, the Olympics and nothing. It really didn't matter because it's nice to watch, mm -hmm. but it, it was also that part of thinking about home yeah. when I didn't really want to do that. Although mm -hmm. I miss Kath and the girls, our children. Um, I wanted to focus on getting through that six months mm -hmm. and going home in one piece and safely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was none of that. Um, but like I said, the second time around was a lot better. Mm -hmm. I, I took a lot longer to come yeah. back to work. And, I, and yeah. I did it at a much more gradual pace. Mm -hmm. But I also think the second time I was off, it was a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Although I, I had an understanding yeah. of what was going on, um, it was a lot worse the second time around of being off work. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people um, outside of work, people inside of work, so it's just take as long as you need. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't come back to work, you don't come back to work. Yeah. It is what it is. However, for me to recover or get on that road to recovery, I wanted to be back to work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be somewhere that um, I felt I didn't, I wasn't contributing. Mm -hmm. You know, I joined the police service to wear that uniform, be out on the street in a marked police car, yeah. helping people. And that's what I wanted to get back to. And it is... Uh, it was a very uphill struggle. Yeah, it was no a doubt. real up, uphill struggle to just going into work. I remember the first time I went back to, I moved to Four District then. Just driving through the gates um, was actually, I was actually quite nervous. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I knew a couple of people. I knew the inspector and the staff sergeant there, but other than that, I didn't really know many people. So a new, a new environment, and, and I actually think to in, in hindsight that it actually worked. Yeah. of going into that environment where people didn't know me. And it was and, new for you. Yeah, it's, you yeah. know, it's just, hey, it's a, new, it's a new person in the district. Yeah. So I think that helped big. But taking that time and, and um, there's days when I went in and they were like, okay, if you want to put uniform on, you can. If you don't, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get back into uniform. So it yeah. was hard. And then there's days when I sort of got half dressed. Yeah. And then I had to take it off again because mm -hmm. I just couldn't do no more. Yeah. Um, and over a period of time, that got better and better till I could, mm -hmm. I could wear my full uniform, duty belt, body armor, yeah, and everything else. And then, working up to um, going out with another police officer in a car, mm -hmm. not doing any calls, yeah, and not just going for a coffee, but being out in uniform, yeah, um, being out in that marked police car, um, to just building up on that, to mm -hmm. going out and doing minor things myself, getting uh, used to people staring at you again. Yeah, yeah. and and. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually quite true. Because you're used to that. Every yeah. time police, anybody, if you look at anybody when you're out, you look at people and there's a police car, marked police car turns up next mm -hmm. to them. They all look at the police car. Yeah. If they've done nothing wrong, I don't know oh. why, they just do. Yeah. It's not like a fire truck or an ambulance. No. But it's a cop car, they will look at it. And mm -hmm. I don't know why. But getting back into that. Um, Guilty conscience is we yeah. all have. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's <laughs> a cop, what am I doing? Well? Certain chewing my nails, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then 
getting into that stage of, um, I was very scared of if something happened in front of me. Mm -hmm. I was petrified yeah. of being out there on my own. I had nobody to rely on, nobody to fall back on. Mm -hmm. It was, I, have, I would have to deal with it myself. And, and, it, and it was probably one of the hardest things yeah. was just to get back out there on my own and have, because my confidence in myself was gone. Mm -hmm. It really was. Yeah, you'd be real rebuilding from the bottom up. Yeah, right? like yeah, it's like three times worse than being a recruit mm. in the police service okay. and being my first day on the street, having um, left recruit training and, and gone to do my mm -hmm. coaching, but like three times as worse. Wow. And I had had uh, ten years of being on the street mm -hmm. of doing that. So, um, but just like I said, my confidence. Uh, and myself was gone. Mm -hmm. There was no, it was just totally, there was nothing. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I was petrified. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt that it's something that I had to do. Because um, guys would say, hey, I'll come with you. And I'm like, I've got to do this myself. Mm -hmm. You know, my, even my inspector, I had a day in court. Um, my inspector said, like, I'll come with you. And I'm like, no, I've got to deal with this. Yeah. I can't keep having somebody holding my hand. I appreciate the offer. Mm -hmm. But I need to do this myself. Yeah. Um, and it was hard work. But I For think... Sure. Uh, it's made me better mm -hmm. by dealing with it myself. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to explain it. Or it might be one of the only ways to build that self-esteem back up, right? It was for me. Yeah. Um, everything that I'd done in the military was generally all myself-based. Mm -hmm. Nobody could do it for me. I had to do everything that I achieved. I had to do myself. So it had to be that mental and physical and, and, and internal strength mm -hmm. to do that. And I and I think I needed to get that back in myself. Mm -hmm. um, I was very lucky. I had a good inspector, staff sergeant, mm -hmm. and an and admin sergeant who really looked after me yeah. um, and allowed me to do it at my own pace. And then there was days when they're mm -hmm. like, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, no, I know I don't have to, but I want to. Because mm -hmm. if I don't, it's just going to take longer and longer to get back to work. Yeah. Uh, and that was my goal, was to be back as a fully functioning mm -hmm. constable on the street. Yeah. That was my goal, because that's what I want to do. That's what I love doing. Yeah. So it was... It was hard. I bet it was. And Catherine, from your side of things, how hard was that for you? Watching not just the first time, but the second time. And what, what part, um, what was your, I guess, what was your program? What was your progress? How, how, was, how was it affecting you? Um, emotionally, it was hard to see. Mm. Hard to watch him go through that. Hard to see those struggles. Um, but... Every day as he progressed more, mm -hmm. life for us got much better. Okay. Um, I wasn't so worried when I was coming home, what am I going to see on my dot? you know, when I get mm -hmm. home, what am I going to have to deal with? Um, he was still very tired. Um, I think mentally it exhausted you. Mm. Um, that would be so taxing. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, and he was... I don't want to say lazy, lazy's not the right word, but he would say he's going to do things and then just not do them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to nag him, first of all, because it was his suggestion that he was going to do whatever it was. Maybe it was just something like de-pooping the garden from the mm -hmm. dog. And it's a job I'd been doing, but him saying, I'm going to do it. I'd leave it and wait for him to do it. And mm -hmm. instead of him doing it when he said he was going to do it, it could take a few weeks for him to do. Mm. Um, and I could see the changes in him 
as as he progressed in confidence back at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's I think it was two or three days at two or three hours a day to begin with, wasn't it? Yeah. With four or five days in between. Yeah. And then he'd slowly and gradually build it up. And and as I say, as he became more confident at work, mm-hmm. things at home were starting to progress a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, now he just... Jobs are just undertaken now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and he's taken into cooking a lot more, haven't you? Yeah, Meals I like and cooking. things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My pastry's coming on good. Yeah, only because I can't make pastry. We still don't have any pastries here, though. <laughs> well, I did say she wouldn't bring them. He's pastries. He's the pastry guy. So. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's nice to see my husband back again. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that he was in there and now he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet. Because I think, if I'm absolutely honest, if he hadn't have sought help, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd have been sitting here together today. No. I think we'd have been another divorce statistic. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because nobody could have continued that way. No. It would no. be pretty hard. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's harder for the spouse, mm-hmm. I think. Um, especially when, if you as an, in, as, as an individual don't know what's going on yeah. within yourself, how can somebody else mm-hmm. know what's going on mm-hmm. within yeah. you? If you don't know what's happening yeah. and how to fix it or or why you're feeling like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to be 100% honest. I think they took, um, Catherine, our youngest daughter, took the brunt mm. of everything. Because I tried and I'm pretty sure I did. I was uh, good with the public at work mm-hmm. because I would focus. It would give me something to focus on. Yeah. I wasn't very nice to my peers. I became very... Um, Intolerant mm. to certain things, yeah. Um, and I would snap at my peers quite quite a lot, mm. or um, be abrupt with them. Mm. And uh, that's such a common part of, of trauma, right? Yeah. Of, of dealing yeah. with trauma is yeah. that anger that comes out, right? Yeah, it yeah. does. Somebody, it, it goes somewhere. Yeah, and, and I think it, we 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 focus on the people we care about more. Mm. That they take that brunt more than somebody that we don't know. For sure, because we can be ourselves more around them, right? Yes, and I I think that's it. Um, Which is a shame, but it also makes sense, right? Like, the ones that love us the most, they get the brunt of the shit. They do, they do. Um, You know, now, I also know now that, as as I said before, I'd probably never be normal by everybody else's standards Mm -hmm. ever again. And there's days that I do struggle and I do have my off times, um, yeah. but I've learned. I, I actually talk to my boss at work, um, and and I will let him know. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm a bit of a trough at the moment, and I'm struggling to get out. So, if I'm quiet, because that's how I generally would deal with it from work. I would go mm-hmm. do a draw into myself. I didn't really want to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and then when I did, it wasn't always the best conversation, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So I would draw because of that. I would really withdraw myself, and people took that as an offence. That mm-hmm. I was upset or angry with him, and ninety percent of the time I wasn't, or ninety-nine percent of the time I wasn't. Just how I dealt with it. Yeah. Just keep myself to myself, and I felt that if I do that, I can't get into. I can't be rude mm-hmm. or disrespectful to people. Yeah. And that's what was my. I would try to do. So, mm-hmm. and by letting him know, the boss know now that if I'm not having a good day, or my guy and the and the guys, mm-hmm. you know, and I just say to him, look, if I'm quiet, there's a reason. Yeah. I have stuff that I struggle with, and. 
that's my way of dealing with it. So mm -hmm. it's not personal. If you say hi and I don't repeat, it's I'm not being, yeah. it's just how I deal with it. And it, must, it must help you though to be able to talk to them about it. It does, right? it does. And, and it, it makes a better, it makes a better um, atmosphere within work. Because mm -hmm. the guys know when I'm quiet that I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just not having a good time mm -hmm. with myself. Yeah. And they'll leave me alone. They are really supportive. They're, hey, is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Can I help? Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. The boss will be, do you need to take time? And I'm like, no, I need to be here. Mm -hmm. I need to keep doing it. Gives, it gives me focus. So by talking about it, makes actually life easier. Yeah. Not just for me, but for them as well. Yeah. Because um, and, they then understand that they haven't done anything wrong. They don't have mm -hmm. to tread on eggshells. They yeah. just know that, okay, he's having a bit of a struggle mm -hmm. and he'll be back to normal when he is yeah. or he'll ask for help um, if he needs it. Mm -hmm. So, and, I, and I've learned that you can't just deal with it on my own. Yeah. I have to have help. Um, and I try my best to deal with it as much as I can. But when the time comes to ask for help, mm -hmm. then I'm not, sh I'm, not, I'm not so worried or yeah. ashamed is probably the better word mm -hmm. of asking for help. Because I was very ashamed before. Yeah. And that will keep a person sick, right? Like yeah. Being ashamed yeah. to talk. Yeah. I'm just being ashamed of my actions, ashamed mm -hmm. of the things I've done and, and, and my behavior. Mm -hmm. um, but talking about it. Yeah. And letting people know that it's not a personal thing against that, that person mm -hmm. as an individual or anything else like that. Um, helps and, and, mm -hmm. and like I said when I when I did when we catted our stories and they published it in a 10 4 magazine do we still talk about um, mental health we do mm -hmm. but I still think it's in hushed tones very much so. I still don't think we're 100% yeah. there yet and I think it will take a long time I, I agree and I don't mean just for Calgary Police Service yeah I, I think for uh, across the board in general in, mm -hmm. in any country in any organization I still think there's that stigma mm -hmm of weakness um, yeah. and stuff for people that are suffering and, and not knowing what to say to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not knowing what to say and also not being able to handle what they say and yes. what they do, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, I've seen this in, in just with the police service and, and specifically over the last few years is there has been a movement towards more understanding yeah. and more um, awareness and of course resources for yeah. this stuff. Um, but I also understand where they're coming from a place that they had none. <laughs> they came from, they come from a place like most military, mm. right? Like they yeah. don't have anything really for your mental health. No. Right. They have psych services for yeah. sure. Um, but again, a lot of these psych services that these large organizations have are less desirable. Right. Now I think CPS's psych services now is very good. That's yeah. For the most part, I don't know it all, but I know like the, the head of it is very good. She seems yeah. very genuine. Um, I think like when people who don't have like trauma, who haven't experienced trauma to the point that you have or yeah. that other people have, or even myself as a child, the trauma that I went through, what happens sometimes is you're talking about having to be quiet, right? Like I have to do that all the time. Yeah. When memories come back and flashbacks come back from what happened to me as a kid. And when it comes back, I get, not only do I get really quiet, but I get angry. Yeah. Right? Like that anger comes out because I couldn't protect myself then. Yeah. And there's stuff that you couldn't control, right? That happened. Yeah. That, that obviously plays that role in that traumatization. Um, and so it's, I think it's important to mention that, that that is a um, part of what people who've been traumatized go through, right? Mm. Is yeah. There's a fear of sharing. The, and there's the shame that comes back from when you, 
whatever we did or didn't do, right? Yeah. Like, and, mm. and that stuff is hard to, in the moment, I can't talk about it. Like, I can't. If I'm in that moment and Heather or anyone is around, like, I walk away like a cat and I try to find a quiet place yeah. that I can lick my wounds and then I'm usually okay afterwards, right? Like, yeah. But being able to um, understand that, probably was a like wide awakening in your mind, right? Was all. Oh. It's huge. It's a huge to understand that mm. my behavior, and, and this sounds wrong, but is normal. Mm-hmm. That behavior, that stress, 100%. that struggle was how it was normal mm-hmm. for going through that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, never having dealt with mental health issues before. And, and I'll be 100% honest with you, Dave. If you'd have said um, at the beginning of my military career that I would be struggling with mental health now because of that, mm-hmm. I had really gone there. Mm-hmm. And even when I left full time, having already done four or five tour operations, mm-hmm. uh, five or six operational tours already, that I would be, I could, I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. It was in the back of my mind. I, I, I dealt with those ghosts, those yeah. demons, um, and everything else. But um, dealing with stuff as, as, as within. The Calgary Police Service were, mm-hmm. were, were, were better. Mm-hmm. It just made those things seem worse yeah. from my past, which then, you know, well, you did this right here. Mm-hmm. Why did that not work in that situation here? Yeah. And it magnifies uh, those. It does, yeah. it does. And then there's, there's that. And, and one of the only things they really talked about um, when we, before we would deploy on operations was, was the um, survivable guilt. Mm-hmm. People feel guilty that they survived when 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 friends didn't yeah and they talked a little bit that, that, that that's mm-hmm. normal it's you know it's it's part of a grieving progress but um did they tell you how to process that feeling no <laughs> no <laughs> like, they, 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 see, well, there was nothing when I, back then <laughs> yeah there was nothing yeah there was no there was no mental help yeah. no and i remember the first time i was off here i remember people said to me, don't tell management that you're going to psych services because you'll never get promoted. You'll never go anywhere because yeah. you've been to site services. Yeah. I'm like, you know, they're just a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. It's like, hey, I got a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. So you're just doing a mental, ch- uh, 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 a mental health check. It's just going to see, talk to another doctor. Yeah. They just specify in the brain. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I remember the first time people said, well, you can't tell that you'll never get promoted now because mm-hmm. you've been to a site. So I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. That's got no, that's that's not gonna. But that is the story that's been around since mm. I've been long before yeah. me. But yeah, I sure. was amazed that these were not just young people. These are guys that have been in a while. People mm-hmm. that have been guys and girls that have been in a while, yeah. longer than me. Have been in longer than me. That there was that thing there. Um, that's and I agree. Yeah. I think the service has come a long way, but yeah. I still think uh, there's like a long said, way to go. Oh, I, but I, I think that's in general. Again, like I said, yeah. I think that's in general where we are. We are starting to feel more comfortable to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, for me personally, I just don't think um, we're there yet on how to deal with people mm-hmm. as individuals. Yes. Because everybody is different and, and what fixes one person can't, you know, doesn't necessarily going to fix somebody else. Exactly. Whereas a broken bone, yeah. you put it in a plaster and it will heal mm-hmm. or you put a pin in it and it will heal and then that's it. It's really, that's yeah. all you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health isn't like that. No. It's, it's so different. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. Every individual is different. Yeah. Everybody's res- resilience to it is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I was lucky on being able to deal with it like I did. And yeah. I, I have to, 
give Kath a lot of credit for that. Because mm-hmm. um, even though I was a complete, uh, I, I was rude and disrespectful to her and our daughter, that she still mm-hmm. stood by my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, uh, has gone, that went a long way for, mm-hmm. to get me where I am now. Yeah. And were you able to stick it out, like, so to speak? Because I, I imagine there were lots of times where you were just hanging in there for dear life. There, it, yeah. Like I said before, you know, I mean, if he hadn't have sought help, mm-hmm. um, because neither of us knew what was going on, yeah. neither of us knew why he was behaving and acting the way that he was, mm-hmm. it was like, I'm not going to be able to take much more of this. Mm-hmm. You know, my own sanity. Yeah. Um, and... At the time our daughter was living, was this was the first time, so it was seven, eight years ago. You know, I mean, she was a, a, exactly the same as me. Mm-hmm. It was, why is he behaving this way? Yeah. Um, how come this is okay for him to do, but it's not okay for me to do? Mm-hmm. How come when I'm coming in from work, I might be in a battlefield? Yeah. You know, a verbal battlefield going on between him and her or mm-hmm. me and him when she walked in. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did it help you and your daughters? Um, how many daughters do you have? Two. The eldest two? one lives in UK still. Oh, okay. She's, uh, we have two grandchildren. She lives in the UK oh, still. Okay. So fortunately for her, she skipped all that. <laughs> she did, but then she would <clears throat> notice it. You know, I mean, yeah. even when we were Skyping, FaceTiming at the time, she'd be like, why is dad behaving that way? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we have a nice conversation with dad? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, she was noticing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing is that you don't... I can't actually put a finger on when all of this started. I can only say when it got to a point, Mm -hmm. it reached that crescendo where this is enough. Yeah. I've had enough. I can't take any more. Bring my real husband home. Yeah. Um, And it was was very hard emotionally Mm -hmm. to see him go through that. Yeah. Did it help, like, to watch him once he started, once he started to do the work? Did it help you to be like, okay, this might actually be okay? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because um, the second time around, his psychologist went, he, I think you'd had two appointments with her before I started coming yeah. along with you. Mm-hmm. And he'd said to her, more or less from the get-go, mm-hmm. I'd like my wife to be here. It's the only way I can let her into mm-hmm. what's making me the way it's making me. Yeah. What's making me, what's, what's, what's making me act this way. Mm-hmm. I can't openly speak to her about it. Yeah. And. I think it's brilliant. A brilliant strategy. It was it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was on board from the get go. Yeah. And she's an advocate for it now. Mm-hmm. Um, for a partner to be brilliant. there. Yeah. And she, like I would sit beside him on the couch. Mm-hmm. And we'd be holding hands, and I'd be crying my eyes out, knowing that he kept all of this in mm-hmm. because he didn't want me to feel different. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I found hard. Mm-hmm. Should have bought tissues. <laughs> There's a box. <laughs> Should have bought tissues. Thank you. And that's not because we need you to stop crying. No, no. There's no. absolutely nothing wrong with crying. This stuff is hard, right? Like, yeah, it is. It's um, life. It's life altering, and in some cases, it's been life destroying, right? Like, yeah. There's people who are destroyed by it. There are, and, and yeah. When we 
when we first met mm-hmm. uh, and everything else, you know, and I said then, and I still do now, if it just helps one person mm-hmm. yeah. to seek help yeah. or to take that road, okay, I can, there, is light, there can be light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I can get back to what's normal for me. And, 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 and uh, you know, as much resemblance to a normal way of life as, as mm-hmm. best they can before they go and do something drastic mm-hmm. that is irreversible. Yeah. Um, and so let, let's do that for a second. Let's talk to the people out there in the service. Let's just say the service, but wherever they might be yeah. um, that are struggling and not willing or able to come forward. What would you say to them? What would you say to someone who's struggling in the dark? You need to seek help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you know me, you can call me, send mm-hmm. me an email, come talk to me. I'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. I can't fix. I can't, you know, say I'm how to. It's going to fix you, but I will be there for you mm-hmm. um, at any time of the day. But you need help, and the mm-hmm. biggest step yeah. is 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 making that phone call mm-hmm. um, to seek help. Yeah, and it's a relief. Yeah, I bet. It's a huge relief. Once it's done. That I pick the phone up and says, yeah. hey, I'm not doing well. I need some help. Mm-hmm. Also, and it's a huge weight off your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. It is a huge weight. If you don't feel that the... Like, if you don't, do go to psych services and you... It's the same as seeing a doctor. If you don't feel comfortable with that person, there's nothing wrong with seeking a different psychologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was... That's, you know? It is. But I think... It is normal. We mm-hmm. do a stressful job. Yeah, absolutely. Day in, day out. And our mind never gets that time to, mm-hmm. to process because we're going to the next important call, the next important call. Yeah. And the longer we do this job, the more we are expecting the worst mm-hmm. at each call. It may not happen, but we're ready for it. We're mm-hmm. there. Okay, I've been to these calls before and it's gone sideways very, very mm-hmm. quickly where we've been into a fight or we've had to use tools on our belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, through even though we've done the best we can so we always have that in the back of our mind that we're expecting that Mm -hmm. and we should be yeah because we need to be safe as well but the mind doesn't get chance to settle yeah it doesn't get time to to take a break and and process the last call that we've just done because we know we've got to go and do paperwork now and now there's somebody else in distress and Mm -hmm. needs our help and we have to go for that we know we need to go and help them yeah and for most of us that's why we do this job yeah I is, think is that's, we want to help that's people. what your psychologist did, was help you to process. Yes. Um, whereas rather than shut it off in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. you were allowed to process, you were yeah. allowed to decompress from it all Yeah. in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that, that that happens. My personal belief is that when you're in a stressful job, like the police, like the military, like fire officers, um, EMS, medical, anything like that, I think that you should be able to go and see a psych- psychologist once or twice a year mm-hmm. yeah. just to keep you on that even keel. Mm-hmm. You need to. I think you do. And it's like, it's just like going for a normal checkup. Well, it's, it's just a brain yeah. checkup. Just because, to make yeah. sure you're, We go you're for a physical every year, don't we? Yeah. yeah. And in the course so, of a year as yeah. a first responder or military, in the course yeah. of a year, the stress and responsibility that's stacked on top of you day after day yeah. Yeah. is 
stuff that I couldn't possibly understand. I can see it. I, I get that. Like the logical, yeah. my, my intellectual part of my brain understands there's so much of this stuff that, that needs to happen. But I don't, I can't personally understand the toll it takes on mm -hmm. the individual yeah. who has all that stacked on top of them day after day after day. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that's the, that's the kicker, right? Yeah. I, I agree. You don't get that chance. And we are very, they say we're A-grade people, and I, and I, I, I think we are, um, that we want to help. So we are very mm -hmm. um, driven to putting other people first before ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I think that doesn't help. But what I have learned over the last uh, year, 18 months, is um, really to separate myself from work, mm -hmm. outside of work. Yeah. Whereas before, um, I would go in and do stuff on my days off if Kath was at work because I was bored. Yeah. I would go in and do stuff and paper, yeah. catch up on paperwork or do something. But now, even now we have our, our phones, um, when I get home at night, mm -hmm. uh, it gets switched off. Nice. On days off, it's switched off. Yeah. Unless there's a reason yeah. that I'm, I'm waiting for something mm -hmm. or everything like that, then it is. But otherwise, I have that. I, I take myself home mm -hmm. and I focus on Kath mm -hmm. and our life. And work takes a backseat. Yeah. Yes, I'm focused at work, and Kath will come second while yeah. I am. At work. But that's for my safety and mm -hmm. my peers' safety as well, as well as the public safety. Because yeah. if, if I'm not switched on at work, things can go wrong, mm -hmm. and somebody may get hurt, yeah. and I don't want that. Um, yeah. So I've learned very much to mm -hmm. to separate myself from work. Work is work. Home is home. And that is an es essential quality that yeah. I've heard from it's officers for the years. It's so huge. Yeah. It's so huge yeah. to be able to even if it's just the four days, yep. is to be able to process mm -hmm. my four days shift beforehand. Yeah. And anything that's gone on there that I need to, to think about, I have mm -hmm. that decompression time that I, if it's just monging in front of the TV mm -hmm. and not doing anything, and just what, catching up on sport or shows that I've missed because mm -hmm. I've been on, at work, um, to be able to just have that. Okay, I'm gonna mm -hmm. take a break today and do nothing. I'm going to yeah. stay in my PJs and not do anything. Mm -hmm. I'll clean my teeth. Well, I'll shower before I go back to bed <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. But I found that helps quite a lot is, is separate myself from mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Um, I'm being allowed to process stuff mm -hmm. that's gone on or even stuff that I need to do when I go back to work. Just to have that little yeah. bit of, okay, I just got to do that. I've got to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and put it into perspective. And I think that has helped me. That's helped me huge. Yeah. And it gives me time to focus on Kath. I'm, Mm -hmm. Doing the things I like doing, cooking, going to the gym, yeah. walking the dog, those type of things. Just just spending time with Kath. Mm -hmm. um, it gives me time to focus on that. And if she, when she's at work, is having supper, cooking supper for mm -hmm. her, or cooking Sunday lunch for her, and let mm -hmm. her have her time where she can do nothing. And if yeah. she just wants to watch TV all day, hey, that's good. But giving us that time and allowing her to take those chores that she does a lot mm -hmm. of herself... Um, because I'm at work, just gives her that break yeah. and it allows me to focus on that and put that effort back into her mm -hmm. for the amount of effort that she's put into me. Mm -hmm. So, and I always say she should wear my medals, not me. She, yeah. did, she did the hard work. She <laughs> got herself a degree. Yeah, yeah, she got a degree. She <laughs> ran a house. She held down a two full. Uh, she held down a full time job, mm -hmm. and she raised two girls. Yeah. Um, yes, I had my little part in raising the girls mm -hmm. when I was there. But she did the most of it himself. And, mm -hmm. you know, I am biased, but I am super proud of the way my, my two girls have turned out mm -hmm. and the way they care 
I'm super proud of my wife um, for the things that she has done mm. when really I was going away and having fun. <laughs> And, and sometimes and, and do it, yeah, and yeah. doing the job that I, I wanted to do, yeah. So, and, and her supporting me in that, so I was very, very lucky. Mm. And I think putting that time back in now is good for us both to yeah. show that, yes, she went through a hard time with me, mm -hmm. but I appreciate that she stayed mm -hmm. very much so. And, um, I'm just so pleased that she didn't give up on me and didn't turn her back on me because mm -hmm. I don't know where I would have gone if that had happened. Yeah, I really yeah. don't. That's a good good point because it could be when people don't have that support yeah. that yeah. It, it can go very, very dark and stay there. Yes. Yeah. And I could have gone down a path that I there was no coming back from. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? And that, mm -hmm. that, that that is a huge, you know, and if you're struggling, you need to talk to your spouse and mm -hmm. your family. You need to as hard as it is gut it out and talk. Yeah. 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 And it you know, get them to go with you mm -hmm. to psych services if you need to. Get them yeah. to go and talk to somebody with you. And if you encounter, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. Catherine, if you encounter someone who's not willing to do that, find mm -hmm. someone else. If right? that's yeah. what you want, yeah. 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 You don't have to stick with the first option. Yeah. No, you can always, you know, there's, there's those there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that connection. It's like a doctor. If you, when you're yeah. comfortable with your doctor, you want to stay there. Yeah. And this is just a different style of doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable with them mm -hmm. and how they do. But you need, it's easy to say now, mm -hmm. this is what you need to do. But when you, when you're, Back then, it was an extremely difficult thing mm -hmm. to do. One of the hardest things I've, I've ever done, yeah. if I'm 100% honest with you, is to pick up that phone yeah. and, and, and put your hand up and say, I need some help here. Mm -hmm. I really can't cope with this yeah. anymore. See, and anyone in recovery can absolutely understand what you're yes. saying. Yes, yeah. and I, I, I yeah. think that this is not just mental health, whether it's no. um, drugs, alcohol, yeah. whatever. What you just said about, about reaching out, we yeah. talk about it all the time because we have to reach out to. Yes. Or, or we're dead. Yeah. Right? And you, yeah. you, it, it's strange because I can see people that are struggling now. Mm -hmm. I really can because I can see when I, I was in that phase. Mm -hmm. and I know, you're going to be doing this next. Yeah. Well, it's very likely. You know, I can see people. Mm -hmm. I reach out a lot more to people um, yeah. and everything else. You know, some people go, no, I'm fine. And yeah. I have to go, okay, well, I'm here. I've had those people who've said that and then they've come back later and says, mm -hmm. hey, can we actually have a coffee? Yeah. Um, and they've come up afterwards and says, you know, I really appreciate you being there. You gave mm -hmm. me a lot of help. And things are back to normal now. Yeah. So, and, you know, just reaching out. And um, I think I said it before, if you think somebody's struggling, they probably are. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to say, hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, they might not coffee. answer, but that's okay. No, and if they, you know, to outreach, or put that branch mm -hmm. out there and say, hey, do you want to go for a coffee and talk? You don't yeah. have to. If they say no, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, you, you can try. Yeah. Um, and it may take a couple of times before that individual then mm -hmm. says, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. And, and opens up to you a little bit. And if it gives yeah. them that confidence then to seek professional help, mm -hmm. that's even better. Or Just test. Them, yeah, all kinds of things can happen. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. it levels them that they're not. They're not on their own. Mm -hmm. oh, there's a lot of us are struggling still. Because yeah. I, I will always struggle. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I will ever be uh, a time where I will be as I was before I joined the military. Mm -hmm. I don't think there will ever be that time again. Yeah. But it does get easier. Mm -hmm. There's times when it's not. But it's, it's been a, those times where, where I struggle now are a lot further in between. Mm -hmm. There's bigger gaps yeah. when things on, I can cope with it and everything else like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
Remembrance Day last year was a really hard time yeah. because of no parade. Yeah. And it's a very big thing for me, but veterans in general. Remembrance mm. Day is quite a big thing. And um, we actually had COVID then. So even yeah. if there had been a parade, I couldn't have gone <laughs> anywhere because <laughs> we were stuck at home. But that's not, even though I watched it on TV, not being there mm-hmm. was, was actually very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, but those times have, get, have got smaller and smaller. Okay. I can cope better and better. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on and they are, the gaps are bigger between them, mm-hmm. they're easier to deal with. And that's recovery. Like yeah. But I, that, I think that will yeah. always be ongoing. Yeah. That will always be ongoing. There'll be yeah. different stresses in my life um, that will trigger it mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but I can cope with them better now. Now mm-hmm. I know how to deal with it. And I know what's wrong. Yeah. I can actually deal with it better. And, and I think that's... That's the main thing is, is once you understand mm. that it's normal to feel, or it's not normal, but you can't help the way you feel mm-hmm. um, and that you can get help. Yeah. And yes, you may not be 100% for ever again, but you'll be 100% of what's normal for you. Yeah. And then that makes life, that's easier to deal with mm-hmm. than not knowing yeah. and not having that help there. Because I think uh, we need that. Mm-hmm. Especially in this job, especially in this current, the oh, way the world is at the moment. I don't just mean a pandemic, but just, just in general, the way the world is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes an even more stressful job when yeah. things that are not normally stressful now become extremely stressful. Yeah. Just because of society, the way it is nowadays, mm-hmm. and everything else like that. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the message would be, reach out. Reach out. The help is there. Yeah. And it's a good thing. Yeah, as hard it's, as it is to do. Yes, it is. Yeah. As hard as it is. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn to cope better. Mm-hmm. And life will become better. Yeah. Life will become easier. And, you know, um, like we said, it, it's better for your family. It's better for your peers um, in general as well. Mm-hmm. Because they're not taking that brunt of things. But um, things are a lot better between us now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and you can manage... You. you recognize now if that spiral is starting yeah and you you've got those uh coping mechanisms that you were given mm-hmm. and you're you're a nicer person to be around <laughs> much nicer <laughs> and isn't but isn't that just on its own if that was all that had happened from getting help being a nicer person yeah, yeah. to the people you love right yeah. And, yeah. and in general yeah. that's a pretty big deal yeah right but like not fighting and arguing all the time. Yeah. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, big not relief. having that. Not. And this, this, there is times um, when I'm abrupt, mm-hmm. and I know straight away. Ah, shouldn't mm-hmm. have said that. Or not use that tone. And I know straight away, and I'll yeah. apologise straight away. But they're a few far between now. They are few mm-hmm. far um, between. Thank goodness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, understanding that and, mm-hmm. and knowing that sometimes okay. I know you're frustrated. I love my grandchildren, but I like a nice, clean, tidy house. Yeah. It's the way I was brought up. Um, being in the military, things have to be put away. Mm-hmm. So when my grandchildren came, or we had related family come from the UK and stop, yeah. I would be, oh, just go home, mm-hmm. please. I know you've only just got here off the airplane, <laughs> but go home, because yeah. my house is not how I want it. Mm-hmm. I understand now that that's not important, because mm-hmm. it isn't important. What's important is Kath spending time with her parents out here because mm-hmm. she followed me out here. Yeah. It's um, spending time with our grandchildren and our eldest daughter if she's mm-hmm. come out here and stuff like that, which is more important than yeah. things not being tidy. 
least for two weeks, mm -hmm. three weeks. Then we'll be back to normal. But it's it's such an interesting thing to, I'm glad you mentioned that because that sometimes is how it, the illness comes out, is yeah. on little things that other people don't yeah. think are important. Yeah. But in that moment, they're vital for you, yeah. right? And being able to work back from that picture to say, wait, it really doesn't matter. No. <laughs> right? Like, what matters here is the time we get as yes. opposed to that specific thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's amazing how trauma plays itself out. Yeah. Right? In a, in a human. Yeah, it does. You know, and, and just, just, just that realization of actually what's important yeah. and what's not important. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, if I could go Darcy. back to those times, I would go do exactly the same again, if not more. But um, some of the things that I do miss is I miss my girls mm. growing up. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I was always away. Yeah. So I like, missed their first steps. I come on, mm. oh, they're doing this. Oh, they've been doing that for ages. Oh, mm. they're doing this. Oh, I've been doing that for ages. So. Yeah missing all that period of time with them and not mm. having spent. I have a great relationship with both our girls now, but um, yeah, taking that step back and mm. going, okay, it's not important. What's not, what's important? What isn't important? And, yeah. And I'm totally how say important. Yeah. Even being able to just kind of do that processing yeah. is, is so much progress, right? It is, right. it is. And it's, 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 it's a huge, it's been, for yeah. me, it's been a big progress. Right on. Um, and it gets better and better. And as I yeah. said, things get easier it. and easier. But there we go. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. No? No. I don't know how long we've been. I don't know. How long, Darcy? Hour and 12. Hour and 12 minutes? Well, pretty good. Shorter than last time. Yeah. It was shorter <laughs> it than last shorter. time. <laughs> and we, we even talked about things we didn't talk about last time. So yeah. 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 I really appreciate you guys coming and doing this again.